When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mary Kay and I are back, and today it is six players we're excited to see at Brown's training camp, which is getting ever so closer. So we go, each of us nominates three players, and we talk through each one. Six players we're excited to see in Brown's training camp. You've got to be a Football Insider subscriber. You've got to sign up before training camp gets here. Cleveland.com slash Brown's a blue banner at the top of the page to get info and get signed up. You get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox every day. You can be one of our tech subscribers, and you get exclusive access to those stories on cleveland.com slash Browns. So head to cleveland.com slash Browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page, get info and get signed up. Okay, here we go. Our Wednesday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And so let's just get right to it. We'll alternate here and throw them out one by one. And I'm just going to start with the guy we have talked a lot about. He had a great spring, especially when we were out there. I'm putting Ronnie Harrison on my list. He was actually the first guy that I mentioned. You know, we've talked about how he just didn't really have a ton of time last year. He got drafted 10 days before, or I'm not drafted, traded for 10 days before the start of the season. Played just 25 snaps over the first four weeks of the season. Had a shoulder injury later in the year that that kind of derailed him after he had been starting for a little while. But Joe Woods had great things to say about Ronnie He's kind of what they want in a safety. And with Grant Delpit coming back from that Achilles injury and us not really knowing exactly where he'll be on September 12th, there's a real opportunity here for Harrison. Yeah, I think there really is. And in addition to Grant coming off of the ruptured Achilles and perhaps maybe needing a little bit of time to ramp up into where he's going to be, uh, you might also want to have the experience factor when you're going against the Kansas City Chiefs. Grant Delpit although the potential is tremendous, has never played in an NFL football game before. And therefore, you might want to throw Ronnie Harrison out there against the likes of, you know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And, uh, you know, it just might be that element that you want. Somebody that is not going to have some new wrinkle thrown at them. Because you can bet that Andy Reid will have new wrinkles for the Cleveland Browns on, on September 12th. There's no way that, that Andy Reid is going to let the Browns live off of the film uh, that they watched to prepare for that playoff game, okay? There's just no way. We, we know Andy well enough over all of these years to know that he's an excellent coach that way. And the Browns will be doing the exact same thing on their side. You're not going to see the exact same things that you saw in that playoff game or even in the Super Bowl. 
we've talked about this. They have uh, new offensive linemen uh, that they're going to be working with. I mean, you just might want somebody like Ronnie uh, who's got some football under his belt to go out there and pair with John Johnson and make some noise. And I actually think if he starts that game uh, that, that he's going to have a really, really good game. Well, and he started the playoff game over Andrew Sandejo. He started at, at safety along with Carl Joseph, played free safety, I think, early in that game. And I looked it up. He played 81% of the snaps in that, that game against Kansas City in the playoffs. So this is a guy that obviously has played against the Chiefs before, knows what they can do. And listen, I mean, there's maybe there's a chance that Ronnie Harrison is just the second best safety on this roster. We don't know what Grant Delpit is. Maybe it is Grant Delpit, but maybe we get through training camp and we're like, huh, Grant Delpit's good, but Ronnie Harrison's really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, we just don't really know that yet. That's a tough injury to come back from. Now, Grant is young enough to come back really strong from a ruptured Achilles. And it's not the sort of death sentence it may have been perhaps 10 years ago. Uh, There have been advances in both surgery and recoveries. uh, And Grant looks really, really good. Uh, We've run some videos on cleveland.com of him backpedaling at full speed, turning on a dime, cutting. You know, we watched him do some things in minicamp. He's out there starting to practice and, you know, get even a few team reps here and there, but he, they're going to be very cautious with him. They're going to ramp him up in training camp. They're not going to overdo it. And this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Ronnie to go out there and, and prove that he is the second best, not even the second best safety. I'm sure Ronnie feels he's the best safety on his football team, right? I mean, he's that kind of a guy. He's extremely confident, uh, really feels like he hasn't played on a, a great football team yet. He was in Jacksonville uh, for the first part of his career. So I'm sure he feels that he is probably the best safety on the team. And, and I think he's going to make a lot of noise during training camp. Okay. Mary Kay, who is your first, first name you want to throw out here? Well, I think um, just judging from the, the post that you put up on cleveland.com, I see that you're doing some, you know, the more little underrated sleeper type of guys. Uh, I'm just going to dive right in and uh, and go with some of the guys that I really am going to be focusing on a lot in that first week of training camp. Guys that uh, that I think are going to make a huge impact for this football team this year uh, and, and guys that I think that we're all going to be a buzz about. So the first one I have is Jadavian Clowney. Who is Jadavian? What is he going to do? Is he recovered? Because he's coming off of a torn meniscus himself. It cost him a lot of last season, not just the games he missed, Uh, but he wasn't himself before that because he was suffering from that. So now he's healthier. He looks better. Uh, He looks kind of lean and mean and in good shape. He looks like he's fitting in. And this is a chance for him to get back to sort of his glory days when he played with J.J. Watt in Houston. So really looking forward to what he brings to the table. And I think he's so excited to play with Miles. You saw it, Dan. Those two guys were head-to-head a lot during mini camp. They spent a lot of time talking going over things after drills, goofing around, having fun together. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Jadavian Clowney is going to bring to the table. You know, I almost put him on my list, but you're right. I I was kind of pushing more towards some of the guys who either under the radar guys or guys who weren't like top of the depth charts, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of the direction I want, but I almost put Clowney on my list for, for a lot of the reasons you said. You know, I talked to Malik Jackson, podcast listeners heard that interview, put a post up on it too. And I asked him about Miles Garrett and comparing him to Von Miller. And Malik Jackson said, you know, he'd see Von Miller do things. And 
you know, he tried to do them and he couldn't because he's not like Von Miller. He said, well, I see some of that in Miles Garrett too. And then I asked him, do you see that in Jadavian Clowney as well? He's like, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Just a freakish athlete, you know, former number one pick. And you want to see how much of that is still there. He's still so young. I mean, he still really should be in the prime of his career if he can overcome that injury from last year. Absolutely. And when you look at last year, he did not have any sacks in the eight games that he did play. But he, he was right up there with the best of the best in terms of pressures in the first eight games of the season. He was in the 20s in pressures. And that's meaningful because if you're disrupting the quarterback, then you're doing your job. You're not always going to get him to the ground. You're also dealing with a lot more mobile quarterbacks these days. But if you're flushing them out of the pocket, if you're causing them to make an errant throw, if you're getting those pressures, that is so vitally important. And that is something that Jadavian Clowney does very well. He also sets the edge incredibly well, probably better than, you know, than anybody on this, this team right now. He's really, really good at that. So he does have an elite skill set. And he does still in some ways live up to his number one status. I mean, when you see somebody uh, chosen number one overall, you really do expect that you're going to see double digit sacks every year. He's never even hit double digit sacks. People found out that that was not necessarily his game. Maybe he's capable of that when he's playing with Miles Garrett and in this defense. But but if he if he doesn't achieve that, I still think there are so many things that he can do so well when he's on his game and when he's healthy. I think he's going to be a tremendous, tremendous compliment to Miles Garrett. And I think these guys can make a really nice one-two punch. You know, I'm going to go with the other guy here on that line that, that I put on my list, and that's Tack McKinley. So we'll, we'll kind of talk about him a little bit too. McKinley, a guy who, you know, I, I admitted when I wrote it that I was a little bit cynical of the signing, but when they added Clowney, it kind of became like, all right, now McKinley's not your number two, he's your number three. And so now you can kind of put him, if you're Joe Woods and Chris Kiffin, you can put him in this position where he doesn't have to be like on the field every snap. You can put him in positions where his speed and the things he does well can be accentuated. And I think that's going to help him. I think him being more situational is going to help him be better this year and maybe start to develop into what he could have been when he was taken in the first round. So he was the guy that I had on my list as I want to see, is that speed still there? Are those traits still there? Are those things that maybe the Browns liked back when they were going through the draft process in 2017? Are are those things still there? And can he, you know, maybe revive his career and who knows, maybe he becomes the number two pass rusher at some point. Yeah, you know what? It's one of those situations where when you put a player onto a team where he feels valued, where he feels wanted, where they develop him, some really cool things can happen. I thought that's what it was like for Sheldon Richardson here. I thought Sheldon Richardson sort of found a home here. He felt really comfortable and it brought out some of the best in Sheldon Richardson. And, you know, ideally in a perfect world, that's what the Browns are hoping happens with Tack McKinley. He's been disgruntled for a number of years now. So he has not been himself for a while. He didn't feel, he felt snubbed when they, when the Falcons did not pick up his fifth year option, that felt like a slap in the face to him when he's a number, when he's a first round pick, he just, you know, he went out to the Raiders and it just didn't work out there. I don't know what really exactly quite happened there, but uh, you know, it didn't work out where he ended up staying there. They didn't resign him. And so now he comes here 
And he knows that they recruited him heavily, that they really liked him a lot in 2017. And he knows that, that Andrew Barry likes him a lot now. And he feels valued here. Now, I'm sure it probably was a little disconcerting that after they signed him, and we all thought that, you know, that he was going to be the starter opposite Miles Garrett there, or at least in strong contention for that, then they went out and signed Jadavian Clowney. So that probably couldn't have felt too good for him, but it might also continue to light a little bit of a fire under him. And some of the things I noticed during training camp, during mini camp, were uh, the fact that he was very hard on himself after a mistake. He cares. That showed me that he really cares. I also watched him going up to Miles Garrett after some, some drills. I, I watched him talking to Jadavian Clowney. He's trying. He's putting in the time and he's putting in, in the effort to try to be really good at this. And I think those are all really good signs. And as we, if you remember, I mean, remember he showed up for his, his press conference in a suit and, and he, you know, he was really dressed for success. And I think he is determined to make this work because he knows that if he doesn't, that this could almost be the end of the road for him. So he knows he's got to do really well. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said for a guy who's kind of, all right, this is it. You know, somebody mm-hmm. believed in you and now you've got to pay them back for it. And, it, you know, like you said, if you don't, you might be out of the league. You know, who knows what's going to happen after this? So this is really kind of his last chance. And he's playing across from Miles Garrett, who just signed a $125 million extension. I'm sure when when Tack came into the league, he was thinking about that after, you know, right about the same summer that Miles would have gotten his. And it obviously didn't happen. So, yeah, I, I want to see how he responds with that back to the wall moment and, and being in, again, that situation where you don't have to be on the field and beat a guy every single snap. You've just got to do it in these situations we put you in when we say, hey, this is you're on the speed rush side. I don't know if that's how they do it in the Brown system, but you're on the speed rush side. Go get the quarterback. I think that's how they are going to do it. Uh, You know, I mean, that that is what he does well. I mean, you know, just get him going forward in a hurry. And he really excels at that. I, I think that if they give him some good work to do, things that he does really well, uh, I think he'll seize upon those things and, and really just try to try to take it and run with it. Uh, if you remember, I talked to Dan Quinn, former Falcons head coach, current Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, about Tack McKinley. The reason I was able to actually talk to Dan Quinn about Tack McKinley is because I got to know Dan Quinn fairly well during the Browns coaching search when uh, they thought about hiring him the year that they hired Mike Pettin. He was with the Seattle Seahawks at the time and was continuing on through the Super Bowl. And they decided that they didn't want to wait that long. And so they went in another direction and they hired Mike Patton. Always, I've always wondered, because I asked him after the Super Bowl that night, would you have taken the job if they had waited and offered it to you? He was like, absolutely, I would have taken the job. So he had some really good things to say about Tack, including the fact that he really felt like Tack turned over a new leaf heading into last season, that he was in great shape in training camp. He looked really determined. He's close to to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was in his corner and really pulling for him. And he thought good things were ahead for him. And then he suffered a groin injury and things kind of unraveled from there. And, uh, you know, and here we are now. But interesting interview. And uh, I thought for Dan Quinn to go to bat for him said a lot. Okay, who's your second name to throw out there? Well, surprise, surprise. Again, I'm doing like the bigger name guys that that we all want to see what they have this summer. 
so I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. You know, I really cannot wait to see the kind of training camp that he has. We saw glimpses of it in minicamp, and we've seen glimpses of it as he has been practicing in Camp Mayfield down in Austin. Uh, we've seen some of those one-handed catches. We've seen the amazing lightning speed back again. We've seen cutting on a dime. Uh, we've just seen the old Odell. I mean, he just, it, it's almost like he's a freak of nature. I can't believe he's doing these things seven months out of ACL surgery. I mean, you know, you talk about guys coming off of an ACL. There are certain positions where you can come back from an ACL, you know, you're an offensive lineman or something. But to be able to do what you have to do at the level you have to do it as a wide receiver and have your speed and have your cutting ability and all of that, to be performing at the level that he is right now so soon out of surgery, it's mind-blowing. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do in training camp. Yeah, Odell is, uh, I mean, look, you can't go wrong picking that one. Coming off the injury, how fast is he? Are we seeing these cuts? We don't know what the situation is going to be with fans at camp, but whatever they get to watch, whenever they're there, whatever it looks like, is he going to put on a show for them? I mean, he's one of those guys you've got to watch if you're a fan at camp because he'll he'll make those one-handed catches and he'll do the things that, you know, you got to watch him warm up because he'll do spectacular things during warmups. And coming off that injury and seeing just how close to 100% he is, it's maybe the biggest storyline going into camp. I, I, I don't know if there's another one. It's kind of how healthy is Odell Beckham Jr.? Absolutely. And not only how healthy is Odell Beckham Jr., but how does he look with Baker Mayfield? That is like the big question that everybody wants to know. Are these guys going to be able to make some beautiful music together this year? Uh, Are we going to see what we have been waiting to see since the Browns first acquired Odell Beckham Jr. in a trade? And that'll be interesting, too, because they're going to be doing some joint practices against his former team this summer. So those will be uh, kind of exciting to see that, especially if his, you know, some of his best friends are are there like Saquon Barkley he's also coming off a torn ACL so uh, that'll be kind of interesting the other thing about Odell for me during training camp is it's not just watching the one-handed catches and some of the other amazing things that he does but I like to watch him in between drills and on the sidelines because and fans will see this too they didn't get to see it last year and it is quite a treat and I think you're you know where I'm going with this Dan He dances like there's no tomorrow. That almost is going to be theater and entertainment for fans. He knows the words to every song that they're blasting, right? And then he's so very interactive. He gets he's interactive with fans. He probably won't be able to be interactive with fans this summer. But you know, the summer before, I mean, he he in the middle of a drill, he'd run over and be like giving away a pair of cleats and signing cleats and stuff like that. He puts on a show. He puts on a show on the field on the sidelines, coming out, going back in, uh, you know, it's just like the, you know, the, the whole experience of Odell, it's just a cool sight to behold. And he, he's very, very interactive with his teammates. He usually takes a couple of young guys under his wing. I can imagine he'll be taking like an Anthony Schwartz under his wing this year and, and helping coach him up. I, I can totally see that happening. So it's just, it's not just, what you might expect. It's the whole Odell experience. Yeah. He, he doesn't stop moving on the sideline. Right. Jarvis is kind of the same way. They're just, you know, some athletes, they just don't ever stop moving, you know, whether it's just a way to stay loose or, or whatever, they're just high energy, high strung. They, they'd never stop moving. So yes, he's like that. So 
I have a receiver on my list too. And I actually, so kind of speaking of Odell, I kind of made this point with Tack as well. You got a 17 game season and you kind of know what you have in Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney, right? And Clowney's coming off the injury. So I think we're going to get to see Tack go against that first team O-line a lot. I think there's going to be days when they maybe hold Miles out and, and all of that stuff. The guy I put on my list was Donovan Peoples-Jones. And with Peoples-Jones, I'm wondering, like with Odell coming off the ACL, he's probably going to sit out some practices. So we're going to get to see Donovan Peoples-Jones work with the first team and all of that stuff. So I have him on my list because I want to see how he comes back in year two. I think he brings something the Browns don't have at receiver, which is a, a certain amount of size. He's like 6'2", probably 2'10", 2'15", something like that. And, and I just want to see what he looks like in year two, because I think that third receiver spot is pretty wide open, even with Rashard Higgins back. Yeah, I agree with you. And he's also got a little bit of a showman in him as well. Did you see him jump on his car on social media the other day? Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's got a little bit of that, you know, look at me, although surprise, surprise receivers in general are like that some a little bit more than others. Uh, But I do think there will be a lot to see out of Donovan Peoples Jones this summer. And you're right. Uh, Part of that is because they are going to take it easy to a certain degree with Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, they have to get him some work because as we all know, he needs that time on task with Baker Mayfield, but they're also going to be smart about it. And as you mentioned, 17-game season, no buy until week 13. And now they've got three preseason games this year that they didn't have last year. And then they've got to go all the way through the playoffs too. So they're going to pace themselves this year, and it will start in training camp. They're going to be really smart about it. They've got exercise science guys uh, that are all plugged into this, and there are numbers and things that we don't even know that goes on in terms of how this all works behind the scenes. So Odell will get his rest. Donovan Peoples-Jones will get his reps. And I think we have been talking about him a lot on this pod that we, we do think that he's poised to take that big step up. One of the reasons I believe that is because I really think the world of his receivers coach, I think Chad O'Shea is an amazing receivers coach. I think he got Donovan Peoples Jones really ready to play last year. That's why I think he exceeded expectations in some of those big moments that he was thrown into, including the game winning touchdown catch in Cincinnati. I mean, if he doesn't make that catch, they don't, you know, you go back and that goes down as a loss. They didn't make the playoffs. Right. So he made some enormous plays last year, even though he only had two touchdown catches, they were really big. They were the difference in the victory over Tennessee. And they, it was the game winning touchdown catch against Cincinnati. I think he's ready to take that next step up. We saw that he was also down at Camp Mayfield in Austin. So he's spending time with those guys. I think he's really fitting in with the group really well. I think, you know, I think Jarvis and Odell and those guys have really taken him under his wing, their wing. It's a really good tight knit receiver room. And I think he's benefiting from that. And, and I like to see how guys come in when there's competition. You know, I want to see how he shows up when he spent the whole off season here and about you know, Richard Higgins is back and they drafted Anthony Schwartz. He's been hearing about how fast Anthony Schwartz is all off season. And, you know, I just want to see how he comes back when there's real competition and there's, you know, there's jobs and playing time on the line. Not, not that he's going to get cut, but you know, there's, there's real playing time on the line. There's going to be people to get left out. And I, I love to see how guys respond in those situations. It kind of tells you a lot about a player. 
if he comes back this year and he's just bound and determined, like, I'm going to win this job. This is my job. Everybody else is behind me on the depth chart. Yes, exactly. And the, and the other thing, too, to note about that is that Baker singled him out for praise during minicamp. He mentioned him uh, by name, and that says a lot. When your quarterback is noting you and kind of calling you out for doing a good job, that's very, very meaningful. So I, I see good things ahead for Donovan Peoples-Jones. And my only concern for the offense, and it's really a good problem to have, it's not even a concern, is how. How are you going to find the targets for all these guys, right? I think every single week we are going to be wondering, why didn't this guy get the ball more? Why didn't that guy get the ball more? And if we're not wondering it, they're going to be wondering, or somebody's going to be saying it, or fans are going to be talking about it. But there is just no way that each week everyone can get the the eight or nine receptions that they potentially could have if they weren't on an offense with so much talent. Yeah. But again, that competition, it's, it's going to make guys better and it's going to, or, or it's going to weed guys out. You know, if, if you don't show up on whatever day, July 27th or whatever, and you're not ready to go, you might be in trouble. Right. Okay. Mary Kay, give us your last one. All right. My last one is uh, we're going back down to the safety. Well, Uh, I really want to see John Johnson, the third, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this whole entire secondary. I I think it's going to be a a really amazing secondary. Uh, I I think they're going to prove to be right up there with some of the best in the NFL this season. When you just look out there and you see Denzel and you see Greg Newsom, you see Grant and Greedy coming back, you see John Johnson, you see Troy Hill. I mean, this is quite an upgrade in the defensive secondary. It really is. The thing that these guys have to do They have to get the interceptions, and I think they will. They've got to get the interceptions. They've got to force some fumbles. Turnovers are going to be the name of the game. They always are. And the Browns, uh, they they sort of slipped off the takeaway map as the season went along. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but I counted it up at some point over the season where they really dropped off in taking the ball away in the second half of the season. And that, that makes a huge difference uh, when you're getting that ball and giving it back to your offense and getting that explosive offense back on the field. I think these guys are going to do a tremendous job of getting the takeaways. And I think they're going to keep coming throughout the season. I think somebody's going to make the one or two of those guys are going to make the Pro Bowl this year in that back end. I, I think it's going to be a really nice secondary. And I think John Johnson's going to be in some ways the leader of the secondary. He's a vocal guy. Uh, and I think they needed that. I think they needed a really vocal leader uh, in the in the secondary. Denzel is a leader in his own way, but not we don't, we don't really necessarily think of him as a vocal leader. But John Johnson will be that. And uh, I think he'll have a a really tremendous effect on some of the younger guys like Greg Johnson. I can see John Johnson and Greg Newsom, sorry, uh, John Johnson and Greg Newsom becoming really good friends. Those guys remind me of each other in some ways, personality wise, and I could just see them really hitting it off. Yeah. John Johnson is kind of funny. He signs a big contract. He's this big, like, all right, the Browns went and got this guy. And you know, the safety room is the talk of the off season, but he almost sort of got forgotten in a lot of ways. And that's just because I think you can just write him in pen, right? He's going to be out there. He's going to start. He's going to be on the field the first play of the season on defense. He, there's no question there. There's no competition there. And so, yeah, I, I think John Johnson, I'm, I'm really curious to see. It's more 
the stuff you were talking about. I want to see how he is between plays and I want to see how he is before plays and after plays and how he interacts. And, and that th- those are the things you get to see at training camp. You don't normally get to see during the season. And, and that's really the thing to watch with him, I think. Yeah, and I think that one of the really great things that they have done in restocking and overhauling this defense is that they have they have added leaders at every level, like really good leaders. And, and you could just see this. You could just see the interaction during camp. We were lucky enough to have the defense close to us because we know so much about the offense. I mean, it would have been fun to be able to watch the offense at a little bit of a, a closer vantage point in minicamp. Um, but we, we got the defense and I wasn't too sad about that because I don't know what any of these guys are like. I don't know what they're like with each other. I don't know what their personalities are like. I don't know what their body types are like. I don't know what they look like. Do they pass the eyeball test? Do they pass the on the field drills test? You know, I mean, sometimes I pick things up just by watching the speed of a guy going through uh, these defensive line drills. You can, you know, I, I always knew, okay, Olivier Vernon's not quite back from the oblique injury yet. You know, I can just tell he's in pain, you know, so you can pick up a lot of things. But one of the things um, that I really tried to watch was just the leadership at every level. So Malik Jackson, tremendous leader on the defensive line, even though there are are already some leaders up there. I think he's going to bring a veteran leadership and an energy up there. And then you go into the middle and you have Anthony Walker. Anthony Walker is just that guy. I mean, he is uh, an incredible leader to the point where, as we've written about, he, when he does his, his scouting of the opponent, passes out notes to his teammates. I mean, who does that, right? I mean, how cool is that? And some guys like Mac Wilson have already uh, joined themselves at the hip to Anthony Walker to drink in some of that knowledge and wisdom that he brings to the table. So that's the middle. And then you go back to the back end and you've got John Johnson and he is picking up the, uh, the leadership ball back there. So I, I think that they've done a really nice job of adding that kind of an element. And I think it will help bring everybody together. Yeah. I mean, those, those little things in camp are, and we saw a little bit of it, like you said, in mini camp are always fun to watch. You know, sometimes a guy, takes an extra rep because he doesn't like how the other rep went. You know, Austin mm-hmm. Hooper um, did that during minicamp. He had a drop and he kind of went back to Baker and he's, he said, we're going to do one more. And mm-hmm. so it's stuff like that that you get to see. And it, it tells you a little bit about these guys that maybe you otherwise, you know, wouldn't find out. And with John Johnson, it, it's that sort of stuff you're looking for. Yeah. And we have to pick up those things even more so those little clues now in training camp, uh, because what we don't have and we don't know if we're going to have open locker room this year. And so we've got to, to find things in other ways. We've got to see how they interact with each other in other ways than we would normally pick that stuff up in the locker room. That's when you see who's best friends with who, uh, who's loud, who's quiet. You know what I mean? There's like things that obviously that you uh, glean from those instances. Uh, but, you know, now we've got to really kind of hone in on those things during training camp. Okay, there we go. The players we are excited to watch in training camp. And I'm sure we left a whole bunch out uh, that as we move forward and, and get a little bit closer, we'll be talking about all of them here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Become a Football Insider subscriber, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you listen to pods. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.